We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm the youth minister, leader, whatever you want to call it, blah, blah. Uh, It's just titles, right? But I was FaceTiming my grandma the other day, and she called me something else. She saw my beard, and she didn't really notice me because I haven't had a beard like this in never in my life. And she's like, man, who, who, who are you? And she said in Spanish, she said, Luce como un judío. And she said, basically, I look like a rabbi. So basically today you're getting the word from a rabbi. So be blessed, all right? So I'm Daniel, and thanks for coming out today. Um, real quick, because I didn't see the hands. Don't, I'm not going to call you up. Who, who here is new? Like, who hasn't came to this church before? Oh, amen. Blessing, amen. 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 Let me tell you, God's got a word. God's got a word for everybody, but you guys too. God's got a word. So today we're going to be looking at the story of Joshua. And I love this man. Story of Joshua. Who's ever heard of Joshua? Awesome, right? Basically, he was a man of of faith. He was a man of faith. He actually was the guy that Moses basically passed the baton to so he can go over and take the Israelites to the the land of Canaan to take over. Right? Moses died. He he was so weak that that Moses had to have Aaron lift up his hands with stones because he was so He was so old, so he couldn't do it. But the Lord sent someone else, and his name was Joshua. So as we dive into Joshua's word today, the Bible, God's word, but we're going to look at Joshua specifically, we're going to see that Joshua did many things for God's kingdom, but we're going to also see that Joshua kind of stumbled a little bit. Does that kind of sound like some of us in here? Yeah, right? You don't want to raise your hand now, but it's okay. (laughs) So as we look at Joshua, we can take many things from him. I mean, he was a great leader. He was a great man of God. He was a, a, a man of faith. But we're going to specifically look at chapter 1. And chapter 1 talks about being strong and courageous. How many of you want to be strong and courageous for God? I'm not talking about strong and courageous for you. I mean, you can go to the gym like me and work out, but this, these muscles are going to fade away. I mean, ask Pastor Steve, right? They're going, to, they're going to fade away eventually, you know? So we're going to look at chapter 1. So everyone can look at uh, chapter 1, open your Bibles to Joshua 1. And as we begin to see this, 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 these words, strong and courageous, you know, as you look up uh, uh, the word courageous uh, in Greek, it actually means to be bold. You know, it means to basically put everything on the line for a risk. But this risk is a great risk. And so are you putting something on the line today to follow God? And that's the question. But the main question I want you to ponder upon as we dive into this word is, do you know what you're capable of? Do you really know? Have you ever asked yourself, man, what am I capable of doing? Or the real question is, do you know what God's capable of doing in your life? Do you know what God is capable of transforming your life into and making it so miraculous that people in your family don't even know who you are anymore? People, people at your job are like, man, is this a new person? Is this a new creation? I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold on. Let me not do that. So Joshua 1, let's go to chapter Joshua 1, and we're going we're gonna to start with verse 1. And this is in my version, HCSB. If you don't like it, it's fine with me. We're going to go on. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads. Just as I promised Moses. Oh man, I would love that. I would love that. 
Your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. Man, who would like all that land? I would. I bet you there's some good hunting there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will be with you. Well, actually, no. Yeah. Verse five. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you. This is God talking to Joshua. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. And this is the famous, famous verse. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse six. Be strong and courageous. One. All right. That's one time that he mentions this. For you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be very strong and courageous. That's two. To carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. He didn't didn't say you're going to have success in this little part of the world. No, he said wherever you go, wherever you go. The Lord's going to bring success. Because how many of you know that when you follow God's agenda and God's plan, victory follows? Amen. Amen. When you're following your plan, stuff doesn't go as, as you want it. Be honest with yourself. So that's twice as we see the word strong and courageous. So do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. Verse 8. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night, so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then... You will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. That's three. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Someone say amen. Amen. The Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. But he said, be strong and courageous. I mean, I don't know about you, but if a kid comes up to me and says, I got to use the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And he says, I got to use the bathroom again twice. (laughs) It's like, okay, okay, we'll go, we'll go. And he says, i got to use the bathroom again three times. Don't be surprised if he goes in his pants. It's important. So God's laying it out for us. Be strong and courageous three times in what, ten, nine verses? Come on. Are we strong and courageous? And that's what we got to ask ourselves today. Are we strong and courageous, not for ourselves, but in Christ? Are we strong and courageous in Christ? And, and what I love is we're going to examine that verse 7 here. And it says, above all, be strong and very courageous to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded. Do you know what's our instruction? What's our instruction? Just someone just shouted out. The Bible. What is it's the Bible? It's not the debate tonight. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. Our instruction is the word of God. And I love what it says right here. Do not turn from it. Do not turn from this book of instruction to the right or to the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. How many of us turn to the left or to the right? When God gives us something, when God gives us a vision, we know what that vision is, right? Because sometimes the enemy tries to throw us off that path, that straight path, and we tend to do what? Go to the right or go to the left. You see, sometimes in life, we have to realize that it's not about the right It's not about the left. Those are the comfort things. Those are the things that we love to do. It's sometimes, most of the time, about the forward. And we got to focus on the forward because God says, if it doesn't align with this, the right and left, don't do it. And it it happens so easily because we get impatient, we get mad, we get angry, 
We don't understand what God's plan is for us. We don't understand what God is really doing behind the scenes. So we tend to say, you know what? I want to go this route. I think this route is the one that my iPhone is telling me that it's going to save me a little more gas. But you see, in that route, there might be some detours that might lead you astray. And that's what God's saying. Don't turn to that right. Don't turn to the left. Go forward. You see, there's many times in my life where I turn to the left or to the right. But there's a reason. Let me tell you, there's a reason why the side mirrors on your car are so small and the rear view mirror is so small. Because God doesn't want you to look back, but the front windshield is so big. You understand? God's saying, go forward. There's no reason to look. There's no reason to turn right, to turn left. There's no reason to look back. I'm covering you with the blood of Jesus. Go forward. That's why that window is so big. You understand? And that's why I like to apply everything in life. Everything that's in the world, I always look at it and I'm like, man, how can I relate this to Jesus? Because Jesus created all this. Everything can relate to Jesus. We're going to see, I'm a, I'm a guy of imagination. I like to use imagery. I like to use metaphors. And you're going to see, just like I use the, the car windshield thing, you're going to see that I'm going to do that a lot. Because it makes you think. When you're watching a football game, hey, hey, gold nose, baby. Yes, yes, gold nose, praise Jesus. So, so, so when you're watching a game, when you're watching something on TV, when you're out with your friends, when you're at work, think about everything in relating to God's kingdom. It will transform the way you think about things. It will transform your mind. And as we see that, that sometimes the times that we transform our mind are in the wrong direction. They're in the right direction. They're in the left direction. But God wants us to go forward and follow his instruction. You see, but how can we be strong? It says be strong and very courageous, right? But how can we be strong in our daily lives when we don't have the fuel to be strong? You see, you got these cars with a thousand horsepower engines. They're strong. They're ready to go. But what do they got in the engine? Some fuel, right? They're not going to go nowhere. They can be all tough and bad, but they're not going to go nowhere if they don't have fuel. How many, how many of you guys watched the Olympics? The Olympics. Yes? Come on. That's everyone in here. Okay. How many know, let me see how many hands. How many of you guys know Michael Phelps? Oh, there you go. Well, he's in the Olympics. What do you know? So, Michael Phelps, he's a guy, man. He, he's, he's a fast swimmer. Everyone knows that. He's won so many gold medals. And I was looking, I was like, man, this guy eats 10,000 calories a day. I don't know about you. 10,000 calories? That could feed my whole family. 10,000 calories a day. But why does he do that? He does that to fuel up. Why does he fuel up? Because he has a battle to, to go into that he has to win. So, so how is this relating to our life? Well, we have a battle to go to every day when we, when we step outside of our house or when we're in our house. The enemy tries to come and attack us, but we have to be fueled up in order to win, be victorious, right? So we have to fuel up. But just like he fuels up with the 10,000 calories, why does he do that? Well, he, he has that because his metabolism is so high. His intake is so high that he needs more. He doesn't survive off a a thousand calories a day. What am I saying, folks? I'm saying that you cannot survive off a daily scripture. I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going to survive off a daily scripture. You're not going to survive off that coffee out there. That's chump change. Jesus doesn't want to deal with chump change. He wants strong and courageous fighters to go in the battle and take soldiers and say, you know what? I'm a man of God. You want to know what my God's about? But we can't do that unless we're fueled. Let me tell you, if you are fueled up, you will win everything. You'll win every battle. But just like Michael Phelps took 10,000 calories in a day because his metabolism was so high and still is so high, how can we survive off of one verse? 
How can we do what, what the oldest was doing? We got to grow. It's never less with God. You know, it's always more. It's more reading. It's more studying his instruction. It's more worship. It's more praise. It's more going out and interacting with people and inviting them to church. It's more glorifying his name. You know why? Because our spiritual metabolism is so high that we need more than one little verse out the week of the sermon to get us through the whole week. We need more. And that's what I'm trying to show you, that we're not going to be strong and courageous. Amen. We're not going to be strong and courageous if we don't do this and we don't follow the instruction of the good word of God. Our metabolism is high. Or maybe it's not. But let me tell you, today's a new day. You're not going to walk out there the same person you came here today. Because God is going to transform us today. Amen? God's going to transform us. So as we look, we can see Matthew 4.4. 4. Everyone knows this verse. Matthew 4.4, 4, we see that, that we can't live without this instruction. But he answered and said, this is Jesus. It is written. He's, he's talking to the enemy right here. He's talking to the enemy right here. He's like, you know what? It's written. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every mouth, by every word that my, my Bible says, yeah, New King, King's Translation, okay. <laughs> but my, but every, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, amen? Everyone knows that verse, right? Well, if you don't, you do now. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. I'm not going to survive off that stinking coffee. Or you know what? It could also mean I'm not going to survive off that daily verse that I get every day on my phone. If we just take it and swallow it up and digest it and that's it. God wants us to do it. God wants us to, to ponder about his word. God wants us to think about it all day. Write notes when you come to church. Think about it as your week goes by. Because let me tell you, when the enemy comes, if you don't have that stuff down, he's going to chop you up. Things are going to be hard because we're not fueled up for the kingdom of God and for the victory that he has for us. There's a victory. You know, there's a victory. There's a victory in everything, but we can't get there if we stop halfway. We can't get there if we look to the right and to the left. If we look at our friends and what they're doing and maybe try to try to kind of, oh, let me, let me go over here with my friends. But I also want to do what the church wants me to do or what, what the body of Christ wants me to do. We can't do both. You see, we can't do both. It's not a matter of, the Bible says you can't serve two masters. I mean, you just can't. You just can't. So are we serving ourselves? Or are we serving God? And that's the question. And remember, the, the main question I want you to think of is, do you know what you're capable of? Do you know what God is capable of doing in your life? So we face so many things at work. People are gossiping. Are we going to be strong enough to fight? Or are we going to be weak enough to give in? Are we going to be strong enough to say, you know what? I don't need none of that. Or you know what? You know what? Can you guys just stop? You know, let's just be loving. Follow the word of God. Are we just going to be weak and not fueled up to say, oh, yeah, that person over there, yeah, yeah, and start making fun and start fueling up with that energy and start doing what they're doing. That's being weak. That's giving in. Are we going to be weak when someone tells us we have an illness? You know, I've been reading the, the prayer list that, that Sadie sends out for the church. And let me tell you, most, if not all of those prayers are about health-related issues. It's so amazing. I don't see anyone, anyone on there saying, I need help with my finances. I, don't need, I need help with my family issues. I need help with my marriage. Because I know that's there too. But people are so worried about their, their illness. Because what does illness do? It defuels you if you let it. It takes away your fuel if you let it. 
But let me tell you, when Jesus died on that very cross right there, guess what happened? Victory was shed. And let me tell you, even if the doctor says, oh, you're going to die in three months. No, you say, I'm alive. I shall live and not die. Why are we going to say that? Because Jesus already won. Jesus already is victorious. So we're not going to die about the disease. Oh, did you get healed? Did you get healed, Jessica? Did the doctor say you get healed? The doctor didn't say you get healed. But I've got a doctor. His name's Dr. Jesus. And he said you're healed, shall live and not die. Right, babe? Amen. Amen. We pray for that every day because are you going to be strong to fight it or weak enough to give in? And this is the one that sticks people. Are you going to be strong enough in the, in the fact that some friends might, might turn their back away from you because you're trying to follow Christ? Or are you going to give in and say, you know what? <sighs> okay. My friend doesn't come to church. I'm not going to come to church either. My friend doesn't read their Bible. I'm not going to read their Bible. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to someone. I'm talking to someone. Friends can do that. Family can do that. They can drag you away and make you go to the right or to the left. But God clearly said in verse 7, do not turn from this book of instruction to the right or to the left. But are we going to be strong and bold, that word courageous, enough to say, you know what? I don't care what my friends do. That last song is amazing. I've decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, I'm still going to follow. Amen? Though none go with me. You know, in my path to doing this, I had to leave a lot of people. A lot of people that I loved, I had to leave. Because let me tell you, the only God that I love is, is God with a big G. You know, we can't serve two masters. Our friends can be masters sometimes. We can't serve two things. Our family can be masters sometimes. And we have to kind of tell them, you know what? If you're not rolling with me, buddy, I'm going this way. You're going to the right. Go ahead. You already know what I'm doing. Sometimes in life, we got to be bold. We got to be strong. We can't be ashamed of the gospel. We have to do it. God wants us to do it. You got to be bold. Are we going to be strong enough to fight or weak enough to give in. You know, we, we look at the, the cross all the time. And I moved it up front here because I want you guys to see it. And that's just a symbol. That's just a symbol. It's just a piece of wood. You know, wh- why did Christ die for us there? What did he really do there that transforms us into being strong and courageous men and women of God? See, God, God, God knew that when he was on the cross and when he, was, when he was sending his son down for our sins, that we were not strong enough. We were not strong enough. We were not courageous enough. We were not bold enough. We did not have faith enough to survive in, in the old times of, of having 600 things to follow. We did not, we cannot survive. We're weak. So God sent his son to keep us to be strong. We're not strong enough. I don't care how many times we try to tell ourselves, you yourself without Jesus ain't going to do nothing. You might have a million bucks in your, in your bank. You might have the nicest car. You might have the nicest house. You might have the, the best-looking wife, the best-looking husband, all the kids in the world. But let me tell you, when you don't have God, you're not going to have anything. You're going to be weak at the end of the day. At the end of the night, when you put your head in the pillow, it's done. Because we have to serve the God that gave us that strength, that gave us that courage to fight anything that comes at us. And when we don't have that, we don't have any authority. And like I said about the disease, let me, let me tell you, when Jesus died on the cross, everything's done. 
But we have to decide to follow him in order to say, you know what, I'm victorious no matter what the doctor tells me. I'm victorious no matter what my family tells me I am, what I'm made of. No, no, Jesus decides that. Not my friends, not my family. So we have to understand that Jesus died on that cross to give us his authority. Let me tell you, it's something like this. All right, so I'm an imagery guy. It's something like this. This jacket, right? This is the old, the old me. See, sometimes we come into church with the old us. But put up that scripture, 2 Corinthians. We, we come to church sometimes with the old us. And we wear it so comfortably. But look at this verse right here. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. How many people are in Christ? Not if Christ is in us. No, no, we got to wear Christ. See what I'm saying? This jacket resembles something. Okay, this jacket resembles our old us. But let me see, it says right here, if anyone is in Christ, he, she is in a new creation. Old things have passed. This old black jacket has passed away. Oh, look at this. Behold, all things have become new. So are you in Christ? You see, this jacket right here represents old me. But why haven't we taken this old jacket off Right? Why haven't we taken this old jacket off? You guys didn't know I was wearing a short sleeve under this, right? Ah, I tricked you. Why haven't we took this jacket off and begin to put on Christ? Why haven't we said, you know what? I'm in Christ, so I'm putting on this new creation. It says it right there. He is a new creation. And this looks pretty spiffy, doesn't it? Amen. It might look a little weird, but let me tell you, when you're following Jesus, you might look a little odd. Because you're not like the world. Amen. But you see, when Jesus died on this cross, he did something so amazing to this old you. And we need to realize this. And I didn't ask Pastor to do this, but he'll love it. You see, because when God died on that cross for your sins, for your weakness, that you do every day. God got this old you. Oh, man, I'm going to love doing this. God got this old you. And he didn't just nail his hands and feet. That's not what he was really nailing. What he was nailing was the old you. What he was nailing was the old sin, the things that you brought in here, the things that happened yesterday, the things that happened tomorrow. And God said, you know what? I'm putting it on this cross and we're going to do this. Let's do it. Come on. Come on. We're going to do it. Let's do this. We're going to do this right here. God said, I'm nailing this down. I'm nailing this down. I'm putting it right there for you. It's done. You got the victory. You got on me. You're in Christ now. So you're a new creation. You're not the same person you were yesterday. So stop getting this coat. You know what a lot of people do? You know what a lot of us do? We get this coat, and we don't, we don't leave it to the grave, to the, to, to the God forgiving us. We, we kind of get this coat, and we say, you know what? This coat kind of looks good today. And you put it in the closet. See what I'm saying? We put it in the closet. We don't throw it away. We don't put it in the dumpster. We say, you know what? I want to put on this coat today because this coat looks good. Because this coat can fit in with my buddies. This coat can fit in with my family. This coat can fit in with the world. You see what I'm saying? But God already took this coat off. If you're in Christ, in Christ, then we're done. We're not this anymore. So stop saying, you know what? Ah, You know, I've done all these things in my life, man. I just stop feeling bad for yourself. God already took the victory. He's already won. He's forgiven you. He took away your trespass. He took away everything that you could even think of. And he nailed them to the cross. And he said, you're a new creation if I live in him. But our question is, do we live in him? 
Do we live in him? It's so easy. You know what happened the other day? I, I was watching this commercial. My goodness. This commercial, and I always joke with my wife every time I see it. I say, she's laughing. I say, I say, babe, man, my favorite commercial's on. I hate this commercial with all my, oh, jeez. I don't hate it. I just dislike it. And what it is, most of you probably seen it. And it's worse because I see it when I'm watching football games, you know? Oh, how many know sometimes putting on Christ is kind of hard sometimes? It's kind of uncomfortable, but it's okay. Amen. Amen. Well, you see, that's the old me. Take your jackets off, put it there. Put a new one on. Live in Christ. But I was watching this video the other day, this, this commercial, and many of you have probably seen it. And it's of these young, these young teenagers, and they're experiencing depression. You see, and it's like a girl singing, Oh, yeah. You know, probably not. Okay, so there's young teenagers, and they're just talking about depression, and they've been bullied. No, it's not, I get it, I get it, I get it. But at the end, it just strikes me down. And this commercial comes on like 10 times in the middle of watching FSU football. And I'm like, come on, man. And it's of this girl, and she says at the end of the video, they're talking about depression, and what she says is she says, I don't think depression makes me a bad person. I get it. I, I actually think depression makes me stronger. I said, what is the world feeding you? Depression makes you stronger? She didn't say made me strong. No, she said depression makes me stronger. The world is feeding the young generation things that they don't even understand. Depression is making you... Depression was the enemy. Depression is the enemy. It's not of Christ. It's not of Christ. It's of the enemy. But the world has triggered something and transformed something to make them turn right or left of the book of the good instruction. Now they think that depression makes them stronger. How in the world does depression make you stronger? It doesn't. It doesn't. That's of the enemy. The enemy's weak. The enemy's weak. But you see, the world makes the enemy strong. They make them look strong. Let me tell you, when you put that old self on the cross... When you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone. Put that verse back up. The old is gone. Old things have passed away. Think of the old things in your life. Yesterday, last week, last year, two years ago. The old things. Man, stop worrying about... Come on. The Bible talks about yesterday, but the Bible also talks about the future. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Think about today. Ponder about the things of today. What is God capable of doing to me today to transform his kingdom? You don't know if you're promised tomorrow. So why don't we do that? We put on Christ and we're a new creation. Old things have passed. All things become new. Amen? It's like, it's like you're logging on to Facebook. Stop logging in with your credentials. It's like clocking into work. Stop clocking in with, with your creden- credentials. Daniel Lopez, my, my all, same old password. No, log in with Jesus' credentials because you're a new creation. When you go into work tomorrow, say, you know what? I'm not the old person because that's on the cross. I'm the new person. I'm the new woman, the new man, and I'm going to be changed, and I'm going to show these people who God really is. Amen? Can you guys see me well? I'm really kind of short. That's why I like to stand up here. You good? But I'm a new creation, so I got taller. Amen. So we got to understand that, you know, as we look at Joshua 1, we see that God's encouraging him to be strong and courageous. But then we flip over to to chapter 6, and I'm not going to have it up there, but I'm going to explain to you what happens. And they're trying to take over Jericho, and they talk about this through the chapters. And and they defeat Jericho because they follow what the Lord told them to do. The Lord gave them a plan, gave them an agenda. And like I said before, when you 
follow the Lord's plan and the Lord's agenda so precisely, victory will follow. There is no doubt about it. I don't have any doubt in my mind that when you follow what the Lord has called you to do, yeah, you might hit some road bumps, yeah, you might hit some trials, some battles, but victory will always follow with God. Because why? Because you're a new creation and victory is already there. God has already shed victory when he died on that cross, when he rose again and gave us that Holy Spirit. So as we look at Joshua 6, they take over Jericho. Remember, Joshua got the baton from Moses to, to get the Israelites to take them, to, to, to get all these, uh, these places and destroy them and basically take over again. Okay, and so they take over Jericho because they follow all the Lord's commands. But as we look, as we look at Joshua 7, and if you can change, turn over to that Joshua 7, we're going to see that, that something happens, and, and something happens that, that Joshua not gets mad at God, but kind of just questions God. Because what happens is they didn't really follow, his tribe didn't really follow the agenda, the rules of what God gave them. And so they go to this place called Ai, A-I, and they try to take over this place, and he sends some guys over there, two to 3,000 men over there to go scope out. And that's what they usually do. They go scope out the place and come back and give them a report. Okay, there's, there's 30 guys watching out, the, watching out the bridge. There's 20 guys with, with swords over there, so we've got to be careful with our attack. So they do that. But they come back, and 36 of them got killed. We've got to understand, 36 of them got killed. Okay? So as we look at verse 10... When those 36 come back killed, Joshua's just like, what is going on? He, says, he's like, he gets down on his knees. He says, Lord, why have you brought us all across the river, all across to do all these things to defeat these places? But then we get here. We try to follow your agenda, and we're not winning. What's going on? And you look, what, look what Jesus said. Look what God says in verse 10. I love it. Verse 10, it says, the Lord then said to Joshua, stand up. Why are you on the ground? Hey, that sounds like something was, right? Stop whining. Stop whining about our life. Get up. We're victorious, baby. Come on. Right? We're victorious in God. Get up. Why are you on the ground? Israel has sinned. That's his, his group, right? He said, you guys have sinned. Joshua's like, what are you talking about we sinned? We followed your instruction. But then he says, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant that I appointed for them. I mean, I picture Joshua just so confused. Like, what are you talking about? We followed your agenda. What, what are you talking about? And then it says, they have taken some of what was set apart. They have stolen, deceived, and put the things with their own belongings. See, what happened was, when they actually went over there to Jericho, they defeated it. But you see, they took some of what was set apart. God, God told them to slaughter everyone in there. Everyone in there, except for Rahab and their family. But God told them, slaughter everyone in there. The, 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 the people, the animals, everything, we're going to take over this place. But the treasures, the gold, all that stuff, all the loot, he said, no, I want you to set it apart from my treasury. It's God talking. But you see, you know, a few people was like, oh, okay, well, God's not going to know if I put some gold in my pocket. Right? Is God going to know if you turn right or left? Yes, he is. God always knows. God's in the center. God's above. He reigns. So it says, they have stolen, deceived, and put the things with their own belongings. This is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. Man, that goes again with the fueling up thing. 
How are we supposed to stand against the enemy when it comes to battle if we have things that we've set apart in our lives that we're still trying to fight with and battle with? If we still have these sins, these, these deep sins that we're trying to battle with, but then uh, the enemy comes, that makes us weak. Those old things are gone, man. Those old things are on the cross. They're done. So those things make us weak. They defuel us. They take some gasoline out of, our, out of our engine, and we can't be able to fight and be victorious because we have some things set apart. And it says this is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They will turn because they, they will turn their backs and run from the enemies because they have been set apart for destruction. I will no longer be with you unless you remove from you what is set apart. Man, I don't know about you, but I want God to be with me. So if God wants me to set apart some things, some friends, if God wants me to set apart some old habits, if God wants me to set apart that loving of money, that loving of of, of that lust, if God wants me to set apart some things because he has a victory on my way, I'm going to try to do my best to do that. But sometimes, sometimes it's hard. We're human. I mean, sometimes it's hard. That's why God died for us, because we are sinful. We have a sinful nature. That's our human nature to do that. But let me tell you, the spiritual nature is not above that. So when we're in Christ, let's say forget about the human nature. I'm putting on this baby, and I'm, thinking those, I'm taking those things that are set apart that I have, that I'm trying to hold from God, and I'm throwing them away. Remember, we're not putting them in the closet to get that coat and put it back on us. No, we're putting them in the dumpster. But a lot of us get this, put it on the hanger, put it on the closet for Tuesday. And we say, man, you know what? That suit looks good for Tuesday. That old man, that old woman looks pretty good when I'm going to go out Saturday night. But when I go to church Sunday, I'm putting on this this new person. God said, forget about the old creation. Forget about all that. When you put on me, all that stuff that was set apart, all those sins that you've done, everything that you're battling with right now, put it aside. Throw it away. You know what? God is greater than those things. He can take away anything. He's taking homosexuals to being so, so straight, straighter than I am. Come on. God's powerful. I don't know why I just said that, but that, that's speaking to someone in here. He's taking people that have been murderers, murderers, and the people that can't even touch a fly because God is so sovereign. God is so strong and courageous. And I want everyone to understand that if he dwells within us, why can't he do a miracle in us? Why can't he do these strong and mighty things in us? And why can't he let us touch those that need touching, need blessings? He can. There's not a question. Why? Because we're in him. So if we're in him, why can't we do what Christ did? We can do that and greater, right? Amen. We're in Christ. And we got to understand this is what they were dealing with here. And they were dealing with this, and they went to this place, and eventually they, they took over. Because, you know, what I say, victory follows when you're following God, baby. You know what I'm saying? They took over. But they had a little trial because they didn't follow what God was calling them to do. They turned to the right. They turned to the left of their instruction, of their good book. So the question still is on the floor. Do you know what you're capable of doing? Do you know what God is capable of doing in your life? We already looked at Joshua 7, and we saw that this can happen when we're doing man's agenda, when we're serving two masters. We can't do it, guys. We can't serve two masters. Let me tell you why. Because the family can be a master. The friends can be a master. We always talk about money being a master. Yeah, that can be a master. That's a major master. The, the money is, is something that gets us because the worldly things need money, right, to bring happiness. So we're always wanting happiness, so we need money, right? Right? That can be a master. 
The sin is a master. So you can't serve both and expect the victory with God. Let me tell you why. Because family change. Friends change. The money changes every day. But let me tell you who doesn't change. His name is Jesus Christ, baby. And it says it in Hebrews 13, 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that say? That says that the same power that was in Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago can be in us. Come on. It says it right there. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave can live within us. So we can put on that new coat and say, man, I feel a little good today. Man, I feel a little different. I'm not myself. Why? Because you're a new creation. Stop putting on the old coat. Stop putting on the old coat. Put on the new you. You're a new person. Attack the things that you've been wanting to attack for years, been wanting to go for years, because God will help you because you're putting the old things aside and you're putting the new things on of God. Amen? Amen. Woo! Gives me hype. Because I got, I got Jesus on, you know what I'm saying? So I'm a new person. I'm a new person. See, I said that everything changes. If we base our strength, our courage on finances, if we base our strength, our courage, our boldness, our hope in friends, in family, in materialistic things, those things change. Those people change. Those materialistic things change. So how are we supposed to keep our strength in them if they're changing? If our strength is in them today, and maybe they're making us be strong because they're telling us good things, but what if tomorrow they're not telling us good things? Are we going to be weak? Yeah, if we're serving them over God. You know, the other day I I saw this this thing, and and my friend from med school, he was telling me that the horoscope thing was changing. How many of you guys heard of that? Okay, I hope none of you follow that, but we're not going to raise hands. Because it's not, it's not a God. That's something 2,000 years ago some Babylonians made and, and they looked at the stars. and <laughs> Jesus created the stars, man. The stars didn't create you. They're not going to tell you what kind of person you are. But, but I saw that they changed. And that the earth's axis is tilting a little bit and they, they forgot to account a 13th star or something like that. And they changed it all. And before, I was August 1, I was a Leo. But now I'm a Cancer. <laughs> what? I'm a Cancer? My life has changed. I'm a cancer. I'm, oh my gosh, I'm a new person. I'm a new creation because I'm a cancer because I'm following this stupid horoscope thing that has daily things on my phone. Oh my gosh, no. Because if you follow what the world gives you, it's going to change. But let me tell you, like Hebrews 13 says, Jesus never changes, baby. Jesus never changes. Jesus never changes. So we can put on this new creation and not be skeptical about what Jesus is going to make me do. No, because if we follow the good book, we don't have to be scared. We don't have to be afraid that change is going to occur. No, Jesus never changes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen. So if someone tells you about the horoscope thing, tell them. That's changing. That's changing. The world wants us to change. I'm not too happy about that cancer thing. Not too happy about that. You know, Romans 12, 2, it says it clear. I mean, everyone knows this verse. And if you don't, now you do. Everyone knows this verse, and, and, and it's clear. It puts it clear as day for us. Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. Be what? Transformed. Pastor's been talking about transformation over the past couple of weeks, and he's bringing it hard because transformation needs to occur. Transformation needs to occur. We need to put on the new creation of Christ. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on. 
Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's not about the world. If we follow the world, we're going to be changed. If we follow and serve the world, our mentality is going to change. Donald Trump's going to change you. Hillary Clinton's going to change you. We can't, we can't rely on that for our satisfaction. All this stuff going on with police officers and all that, that's going to change you if you let it. If we let it change us, it's going to change us. But we got to say, you know what, I'm not putting on that coat. I'm not putting on that old coat. That's the old me. I'm putting on the new me and I'm going to show love. I'm going to show what it's like to be a real man of God, me a real woman of God. Amen? I'm going to show you what it's like. So we see clear that Jesus doesn't change. That's the end of the verse. It's not our job. It's not our job. It's not our family. It's not our friends. It's not about that. It's about Jesus and only about Jesus. This is why we come here. We don't come here to put on this coat today and then put on another coat tomorrow. We come here because it's not about me. It's not about meeting the people here. It's really not about this building. It's not about this. It's about Jesus. That's the only thing that we're here for, to gain knowledge, to gain strength, to gain courage, and then leave here and spread that strength with the holy gospel to people that don't know him. That's what it's about. That's why we're here today, guys. This is why we're here. This is what we're called to do as people and believers of God. You see, anyone can wear a cross. Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be good. See, anyone, anyone can do these things. Anyone can read a daily verse. And I read a daily verse. My, my mom sends me daily verses every day. I'm not, I'm not bashing them or anything, but I'm just saying that. That daily verse ain't going to help you survive for the whole week. You know what I'm saying? So we're not perfect. I understand that. But, but we got to understand that we can't just wear this Christianity thing. We can't just wear this thing. You see, the cross, it was a, it was a big deal back in the day. This cross right here, we resemble it as what? Love, peace. Yeah, death. But victory, right? We wear it on our neck. We wear it on our neck all the time because we, we want to resemble it. But back in the day, the cross was an object that actually people had to grab. It wasn't Jesus that just was crucified. Murderers, stealers, people that were thieves were crucified. And Jesus was one of them. But the cross resembled something different than it does today. It resembled an object that the person had to grab to their own death. The object was the cross that was given I need you to follow this because this is it. you need to think a little bit for this, okay? You need to think because this object that was given to Jesus, he had to do what? Walk it up the mountain, right? Go Gotha. He had to walk it up the mountain. Someone helped him and he walked up. And this object, it meant being ridiculed along the way to about to be killed. This object represented death. It represented ridicule. It represented murder. It represented sin. It represented sin. Sin for Jesus. I'm not talking about the other people. It represented sin. It represented sin. And this object was something that the people carried to their own crucifixion. It's like you getting a gun and taking it. People are spitting on you. People are ridiculing you. People are calling you names. And you give it to someone. And you say, go ahead, kill me. That's what it's really about. Think about that. That's what Jesus did. He got that cross and he walked up knowing that he was going to be crucified. And you're walking up with the same object that you're about to be hung on. That's amazing. 
See, what Jesus did for us was, was bigger than a cross. It was bigger than a cross because we had to, we had to understand that this, this cross is just a symbol. We keep them there. We can't keep them there anymore. He did something in three days. He, he rose from the dead and gave us that spirit, that spirit of power. And now that when we live in Christ, we can be what? A new creation. So you see, when, when we wear, anyone can wear this. Man, anyone can wear this cross. Anyone can wear that cross, right? But can you bear it? But can we hold this thing being ridiculed? Can we hold this thing and walk up a mountain after being whipped, after being tortured, after being ridiculed? Can we walk with this cross? Can we bear our own cross? And that's why Jesus says this verse. And he says what? Put the next verse on. He says, anyone. Put that, put that verse on so, I can, so everyone can read it. Jesus is king. He's Lord. Matthew, Matthew 16, 24. Jesus is king. He's Lord. And he's put on this coat, this old you, on the cross. He's put it on the cross. Stop taking it back down and wearing it again. See, Jesus has gotten ridiculed. He's got spit on. He's gotten whipped, beaten for our sins. So he's taken this, and Matthew 16, 24 clearly says it. It says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. See, what does that mean? Oh, I got a cross to bear today. Got to go to work. Oh, my auntie died. I got to bear that cross. No, that doesn't mean that. That doesn't mean that at all. Because if we just understood what the representation of the cross meant, it meant death that you're carrying. So if Jesus is saying, anyone who desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his own cross. What's that saying is, man, I got to, you know what I got to do? I got to be able to be ridiculed on my way to follow Jesus. Because this, this life is not easy. And let me tell you, following Jesus is any easier. Because when you follow Jesus, you're not like the world. You're not like the blending in with the black jacket. You got another jacket on. You got a new creation because you're in Christ. So when Jesus is on that cross and he's saying, you know what? I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to take that thing that cripples you and I'm going to hang it on me. And I'm going to hang Wow. Wow. I'm going to hang it on me. And you know what I'm going to give for you? I'm going to give you who I was. I'm going to give you the guy that didn't sin. I'm going to give that guy that, that loves everybody. That didn't matter if they made a penny a day or a thousand dollars a day. It didn't matter if they were at the grocery store and they gave me a bad attitude. I'm going to still love on them. See, and that's what Jesus gave us. He gave us this new coat. Do we understand this? He gave us this new coat, this new us. You're not the same as you were yesterday. Stop trying to act like it. When you got saved, and if you haven't, amen, today's your day. When you haven't, or if you will, or if you can, you are able to walk down this aisle and you say, you know what, God, I'm giving you my everything. Because he's going to take those old things, he's going to wipe them away. And if we can understand that with the crosses, and he said, you know what? If anyone denies himself, if you deny your ways, if you understand that, it's not going to be in the comfort zone. I'm going to take my cross, and I'm going to follow Jesus. And on the way, I'm going to be doing the same thing that Jesus did. I'm going to be ridiculed. I'm going to be spit on. I'm going to be made fun on. And you know what? I'm going to be, it's hard to say it, but I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be killed. Internally, externally. People are going to ridicule us, man. That's just a part of the game. But I got news for you. There's a heaven and earth. There's a heaven above earth that got a mansion with your name on it. 
And if you decide to follow this man named Jesus, come on, that's glory. If we decide to follow this man named Jesus, you see, we can understand that in Matthew 16, 24, it said that clearly. If you deny yourself and you've got to pick up your own cross, understand what the cross really means. It's not about these symbols, man. It's not about that. That's why I nailed that. It's not about that. That's a tree. That's a tree. It's not about the cross right there. It's about Jesus and what he did because when he resurrected, that same power that was in him, that was in God, that resurrected him from the grave is in us. So we get to put on this new self and be strong and bold and courageous for his will. Do we get this? Say amen if we get this. Amen. Amen. See, it means dying to ourselves. See, this cross means dying to ourself, dying to what we're used to doing, dying to, to the things that we're comfortable with, dying to the things that we're normally used to. But as you can see, the things that we're normally used to are gone. That sin is gone. You see, what the cross did, and, and this is so amazing, and if you didn't get anything from this service, I want you to get this today. As we close out today, we need to understand this. And in 2 Corinthians 5.21, something amazing happens. See, Jesus was on the cross, and when he was on the cross, he yelled, he yelled, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, and that means, God, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me, God? You're supposed to be my father, because at this point in life, And I believe this is the only point in Jesus' life that he felt separated from God. That he felt separated from his father. Because his father was letting him get hanged on the cross and, and, and being killed. But let me tell you why I believe he said that. He said we might No, if we that's that's the wrong that's the wrong verse. No, that's that's right, I'm sorry. He said Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And the reason he said this was because he felt separated from God at the time. Why did he feel separated? Because at that point, when he was about to die, what did he do? He was getting the old you and nailing it to this cross. And he said, you know what? This is not you anymore. This is your sin. This is your sexual sin. Your immorality. This is the sin that you do every day. This is the murdering, this is the stealing, this is the cheating, this is the cussing, this is the lust, this is everything that we do. I'm nailing it on the cross for you. And at that moment, what does sin do to you as a person? It moves you away from God. See, so at that moment, Jesus was saying, why have you forsaken me, Father? Why have you forsaken me? I've done so good. Why are you letting me be here? And at that point, God was separating a little bit from Jesus because Jesus was boring our sin, boring our crippledness, boring our weakness, allowing us to be strong, allowing us to have this new coat. And it was in the middle of that process where the transformation was occurring that he was taking our coat, putting it on himself, so that when he rose and resurrected from the dead three days later, we can begin to experience this new coat. Do we get that? It's so powerful. Put that verse back up. 2 Corinthians 5.21. It was at this point, he said, For he made him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin. Jesus wasn't a man of sin. God made Jesus, who knew no sin, 
to be sin for you and I. To be sin for us. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So that we might become strong and bold in the word. And not go to the left or right tomorrow, but keep straight on his path. See, God wants us to understand that. That our sin that we're going to commit tomorrow, it's already in Jesus. Jesus already died for us. You don't have to die. He did that for you. So put on the new coat. Stop putting on the old coat. He said, God, Jesus never sinned. We're sin every day. But he took that guy that never sinned and he's letting him blow everything. He's letting him get everything that we've done so that we can get what he's done. Love, the faith, the strength, the courage, the boldness, the hope. That's what he's done. So as we stand to our feet today, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to just move in here today. And we're going to ask God to, to allow us to take off that old coat because it doesn't belong on your back anymore. The new coat's here. God said, I died for you. I died for that old coat. If you live in Christ, if you live in me, I'm going to give you my coat. We can replace it, baby. We can replace the coats. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. I'm down for that. I did it already. You don't have to suffer anymore. You don't have to cry at night anymore because you don't know where you're going. What your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, friends, family did to you. You don't have to worry anymore because God's already got it, baby. God's already got that coat. He's taking it off and you got this new coat on. Come on. Do we get this? Do we get this? I hope you guys got this today because when we leave here, things are going to happen like they happen every day. But we got to understand that, man, I'm not the same as I want when I walked into Christian Heritage Church this morning. I'm a different person when I moved out. And when you walk out the door, go like this. Taking off that old one, let's put on the new one, baby. That's it. That's it. That's all it takes. It doesn't take three years to transform. No, it takes one second because Jesus transformed when he died. How long did that take? Come on. Jesus transformed us. We got to understand that, guys. So as we bow our heads, eyes are closed, heads are bowed. I want to know if anyone is in this room that has not experienced Jesus, has not experienced the strength that I'm talking about, the strength that you could just wake up and say, you know what? It's a glorious day. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what my friends say, what my family says, what the money in the bank account says. It's a great day to be a child of God because I want the strength. I want the courage. I want the hope. I want the faith that Jesus had when he died for my sins. I want all that. I don't want a little bit. I want all of it. But in order to get all of that, you got to give them all to you, baby. Come on. You got to give them all to you. We can't do this 50% thing anymore. We can't serve God and money. We can't serve God and sin. We can only serve God. And that's when he begins to take our things of the old and he begins to replace them with a new and we become a new creation. Is there anybody in here that, that, that got that and said, you know, Jesus, I finally get it, God. I finally get it, Jesus. It's, it's new. It's breath. It's life. It's strength. And I can't do this by myself. Is there anyone in here that say, you know what? I can't do this by myself. I can't do this life thing on my own. I need a savior. I need a person that's stronger than me. I need a person that is stronger than the world. I need a person that can forgive my sins of yesterday and make me a new creation tomorrow and today and forevermore. Does anyone in here just raise your hand? Say, this is for me. This is for me, man. I want you, Jesus. Amen. I see you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. I see you. Thank you, man. God's saying, you know, I want to transform your heart. I want to transform the way you think. I want you to renew your mind in me and transform the way that your life is because the way you're doing it, you're not going to be victorious. I have mighty plans and mighty things that I want to occur in your life, but they can't happen unless you take off that old self and you begin to replace it with me, with my spirit, with my love. Thank you, Jesus. So anyone else that's in here that says, you know, that's me. I need Jesus. Oh, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a step of faith right here because how many of you know that Jesus was taking a step of faith when he walked up on that cross and died for us? So we're gonna the people that raise their hand just walk down here and we're gonna pray with you and we're gonna welcome you to the house of God because you're holy. God is holy. Don't be ashamed because God is a new creation in you. He has made you whole. Don't be, don't be afraid. It's not about that. Everyone in here has done the same thing. It's not about that. It's about Jesus and only about Jesus. He's the one who reigns. He's the one who reigns. He's the one that we live for. This is what it's all about. Do you understand? This is what it's all about. Because you have an opportunity in life to give someone something that they don't have. And it's to love of Jesus. If we understand that, man, these people are going from hell to heaven, baby. And I love it. I love it. Jesus loves it even more. This is what it's about. And we're going to pray with you guys. And if you could just repeat what I'm saying. And look, there's no power in this prayer right here. Amen. Hallelujah. There's no power really in this prayer. Amen. Welcome to the house of God. There's really no power in this prayer, but what there's power in is in the transformation that's about to occur in your heart, in your lives. Okay, so we're going to pray this prayer, okay? God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And you are the Holy Savior. Lord, I want you to transform my life. Lord, I know that you are Jesus Christ, that you died for my sins, that you've died for my old creation. Lord, and on the third day, you rose from the grave to give me that Holy Spirit that is now transforming and moving in my life. Lord, I love you. I want you to act on my life right now. I don't want to be the person I was yesterday. I don't want to be the person I was a year ago. I want to be the person that you called me and put me on this earth to be until I come home into your mighty kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Welcome to the house of God. Amen. They're going to take you over here. Amen. They're going to take you and, and they're going to... Uh, they're going to give you Bibles. They're going to pray for you. Okay? Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. Yeah. They're going to take you right there, and they're going to take you and pray for you individually. Okay? This is what it's about, man. This is what it's about. That's what it's about. Oh, it's awesome. Hallelujah. So as we end the service tonight, we're going to... Uh, we're going to just end with a song, and, and if, if you want, come up. Elders and deacons can come up. If you need prayer for anything, for healing, for strength, for courage, for boldness in your faith, for something that you've been struggling with, anything, that's what, that's what this house is for. 
This is for that. This is for transforming, for taking off that old you and putting on the new creation. So as we sing out this next song, elders and deacons, pastors of the church, we're going to come up and we're going to pray. Amen. Let's sing this out. Hallelujah. We love you. Thank you, guys. You're free to come up, worship, get prayed for, leave. Doesn't matter. God is going to transform you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.